Alrighty, so good afternoon, good morning, excuse me, good, good morning everybody, and welcome to this great edition episode of Developabilities. My name is Eric Stoker, and I'm the Information Specialist for the Utah Developmental Displays Council, and we have a great show for you today. And our topic today is on healthy relationships, and I'm excited about this one, and I hope you are as well. Joining me to talk about healthy relationships is my co-host for today, Jenny Oster-Miller. Some of you may remember Jenny from Options for Independence, and she's here with me today. And so that we're going to go ahead and get started. And Jenny, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being my co-host for this episode. Oh, thank you for inviting me. I'm thrilled to be a part of it. It's my pleasure. So my first question is, what does a healthy relationship mean to you? <sighs> it means a lot of things. <laughs> so I think the number one thing for me in a healthy relationship, like if I had to put it in one little phrase would be um would be openness and trust and um being in a relationship with someone who you can truly be yourself with um so that that includes a lot of things so that includes healthy relation or healthy communication um that includes uh no controlling or abusive behaviors um, seeing each other as equal, that's really important, um, especially as we talk about disability. Um, and then that everybody is voluntarily in the relationship, that, um, that it's a relationship you can be proud of, right? Um, any relationship that you feel like you have to hide, that's a big red flag that that's not a healthy relationship. So it's one you, that makes you better, that makes them better that brings you joy um, and that you can be proud of. I like that answer a lot though. My next question is, how do healthy relationships work for people with disabilities? Okay, so it does get more complicated, um, but not much because the correct philosophy is that people with disabilities have exactly the same amount of right to a happy uh, life and, and uh, relationship and, and having a family and marriage and um, a sexual life or, or whatever um, they choose. And that gets more complicated. Um, so people with disabilities might need specialized education, um, which is something that I'm really passionate about. Um, they might need more support from their support team. Say you live in a group home and you need, um, you're dating, right? How are you going to go on a date if you have if you don't have a, a car and you don't have access to privacy, things like that? Um, and then just addressing the biases that people have about people with disabilities having relationships. Um, that's that's a really big, big part of addressing the rights of people with disabilities to have full relationships of their choosing. That's a great answer. Um, I, th I think it's part of my third question, but I think I can go for it. So my third question yeah. was, tell us about how people with disabilities can learn about healthy relationships and why does that matter? <laughs> well, it matters because um, an unhealthy relationship is damaging to you, right? Um, and then a healthy relationship 
enriches your life and helps you be a full person and enjoy the full human experience. And that is a, um, a right that often is taken from people with disabilities and historically has been taken from people with disabilities. Um, so you need to educate yourself. If you're a person with a disability who is interested in learning more about healthy relationships, education is the very, very first thing. You need to learn more about your rights, um, what a relationship is. Um, you need to reach out to friends and family maybe for advice. You need to be in a situation where you can meet people, right? Like if you always just are at home, how are you gonna meet somebody? Um, so yeah, a healthy relationship is really important to a quality of life and it's a human right. And it's something um, that it's such an injustice that it is denied so many people simply because um, of their perceived lack of ability to consent to a relationship. So my next question is, there are a lot of barriers that people with disabilities face when they want to get married, such as stereotypes about the ability to have a meaningful relationship, and even the financial impacts that individuals with disabilities face when they get married. How do people with disabilities overcome these challenges? Oh, well, <laughs> um, so this is one where society uh, really, really is a barrier and the societal um, perceptions of people with disabilities is really a barrier. People don't see um, people with disabilities. Have you ever seen a, a movie where like a love story where it's two people with disabilities who get married and have children and it's not about their disability, it's about their life and their relationship, right? So um, a lot of people with disabilities who wanna get married but say they have guardianship, that's a huge barrier, huge barrier. Um, so if we can work on um, alternatives to guardianship, that's a really good um, way to gain independence. So something like supported decision making instead of uh, guardianship. Also, um, <laughs> I like to say that when nobody believes you can do something, that all you can do is to prove them wrong, right? So you just, as a person with a disability, if the people in your life don't think you can do it, don't think you can handle it, um, start to prove them wrong in little ways. So start to be more accountable, start to do some research, start to get some education, start to um, prove that you can handle this and that you do want this. Um, and, the marriage and family part is absolutely something that you can have as a person with a disability. Sometimes you have to have supported um, uh, support in your parenting, support in your marriage, but that's okay. Everybody needs support. This is just, just a different kind of support. And so it's not fair, but sometimes individuals with disabilities have to be the ones that educate the people around them about these issues and that they have the right to be married and have babies and grow old together and just have the same opportunity for joy and fulfillment that everyone has.
That is awesome. I like those answers. Um, what advice would you give to people with disabilities that want to have a boyfriend or girlfriend in their lives? Okay. So I say go for it. Do you know what I mean? If there's somebody that you like, um, that you're interested in, I think first thing is education. So finding out how to have a healthy relationship. Um, and so like IL centers or health departments, um, that's independent living centers or your health department, Planned Parenthood therapists. Um, a lot of times like the sexual assault and domestic violence agencies have healthy relationships programs. So I would learn. That's one of the very first things. I would learn about a healthy relationship. Um, and then I would use advocacy, which is really important um, to like I said before, influence the people around me and speak up for the things I want. Um, and then, yeah, put yourself out there. Um, let your support team know what you're that you're interested in this. This is a goal you would like to have. When we set goals, I mean, how many person-centered plans have we been to or whatever, where we set goals, let's make that a goal. Um, yeah, talk about your desire to have it and then have fun. Dating and all those things is supposed to be fun and feel good. So I say go for it. Get out there. Prove the haters wrong. <laughs> you just do you and be happy. Take take that joy for yourself. That is some great advice. Well, Jenny, I wanted to say thank you so much for being my co-host for today. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for inviting me. It's been a pleasure. My pleasure. Well, that's all the time we have for today, but our next episode topic will be on adaptive recreation. And please keep your eyes out for that episode. And for those of you listening, thanks for watching and have a great rest of your day.